0: Hi, this is Nick Dawson, the editor in chief of Talk Has Film, and you're listening to the Talk Has Film podcast. At the Talk Has, we're big fans of Camille Nangianni, who early in the year did an episode of this podcast with Michael Showalter. When Camille went on Twitter recently to declare his love for Swiss Army Man, and then shortly after, Daniels, the directors of the film, hit the publicity trail for their new interactive short Possibilia, the stars aligned to bring them together for a conversation. On a Friday afternoon in L.A. not long ago, Nanjiani dropped by Daniel Kwan's house. Kwan and his partner in crime, Daniel Shiner, make up the directing duo known to the world as Daniels. The three played video games and then sat down to chat about Swiss Army Man, Possibilia, and a bunch of other stuff. A defining characteristic of TalkHouse podcasts is that these conversations often start where interviews end, and so the other stuff they get to here is pretty fascinating a hilarious discussion of the bureaucratic and insurance-related impact of action thrillers and superhero movies, Nanjiani and Quan talking about the effect ADHD and anxiety have had on their careers and creativity, the perennial arguments Shiner and Nanjiani have with their respective partners, and, of course, a bunch of stuff about farts. Just to warn you, early on in the conversation we lost audio completely, so you are going to hear for about a minute is a version stitched together from NSA surveillance footage and fan-recorded audio. Here it goes.
1: Hi, guys. My name's Daniel Kwan. And I'm Daniel Shiner. Hi, Daniel Kwan. How are you doing, Daniel Shiner? I'm
2: great. We have another guest here. Hello. Oh.
3: Hey, I'm Kamal Jenny. How's it going,
2: Daniel
1: Kwan? How's it
3: going, Daniel I'm doing, Daniel I'm doing
1: it's great. It's going great. This is, is off to a great start. <laughs> this is right. all, we're
3: all smiling, really yeah. big,
1: so it's, 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 a, it's good so far. We spent yeah. a
3: bunch of minutes playing video games together before this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, wasted man. all our
1: good anecdotes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we really did.
3: Um, I really, really loved your movie, Swiss so Army Man. Wow, wow. Um I, I truly did, and I was, I don't, We saw that on Twitter. Thank you for saying a nice thing on Twitter about it. Oh, my God. It's it's cool when, like, things... Well, I've been thinking about this recently. I've been, like, going back and watching a lot of, like, classic movies, you know, like Fellini and uh, Cinema Paradiso and that kind of stuff, just, like, stuff that I missed. And I think, it's not true of all good art, but there's a certain subset of really good art that could only have been made by the people that made it. Totally. And I think it's evident... when you watch it you're like oh only this person could have told this story and Swiss Army Man I feel like only you guys could have done it like nobody (laughs) it wasn't one of those like we gotta make it otherwise someone else is gonna make this movie Yeah,
2: yeah there was in like the contract negotiations when we were finding financing they were like you know debating final cut and like we did not have final cut on the film but we kind of like we're like good luck like if they try to take <laughs> if they try to take the edit away like i'm just curious to see someone try yeah. <laughs> the movie was so crazy you know it, it, we we kind of thought of the same thing like we we could, only we could make this
1: yeah but um, but not in like a, it's not it's not a cocky thing i think i think we think of our ideas as like orphans like no one else no <laughs> other creator would ever want to touch these ideas and i think that's why we're drawn to them that kind of make something beautiful out of, of every
3: everyone else's trash you know so, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well I it's it's definitely a movie that like it's it's very hard to explain to people which I think is very good it it's it, it, it's a hard pitch obviously I don't I know. know how you guys did so that <laughs> yeah. if you pitch that movie to the right person it's the easiest pitch ever you know but what was it it's like 99% of people would, would hate it but the one person who this movie was made for you know
2: like that pitch was actually pretty easy yeah we would cater our pitch to the person like right, right. with Paul Dana we said we wanted to try to make a movie that would start with a fart that would make you laugh but like Maybe we could make a movie that would end with a fart that would make you cry. <laughs> and then, like, that was our grand master plan. Like yeah. we can achieve that even for like one percent of the audience. Uh-huh. Like, that's cinema history. Some, something magical, yeah. And like that was all he needed to hear. He was like, "Okay, well, let's work as long as we need to to make that happen." <laughs> to make the fart that'll make you cry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and at Sundance, there was one lady specifically who came on stage and uh,
3: cried uh, and gave Paul Dano a hug. Yeah, so he in a fell, his arms, actually. yeah, he must Yeah, he must have yeah. felt like <laughs> he made it. Well, that's what's interesting is that on paper it seems like sort of a high concept primacy movie, but when you watch it, it feels very personal. It's clearly like you guys poured parts of yourself into this movie. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: it's though. <laughs> uh, that was real. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's kind of a. Uh, I think it's because we're so self conscious of our ideas. Like we're really nervous of of what we're doing. Like oh shit, if we're gonna if we're gonna spend two or three years of our life working on a farting corpse movie. Um, we better make it as personal and emotional and, and grounded as possible. Otherwise, like we're wasting our life. You know, it's, it's kind of a, um, a, a weird um, reaction to the idea itself. And then it kind of it creates this really weird um, combination of, of like uh, sincerity and just like uh, really... Uh, Almost like mean humor. It's like Uh it's kind of mean to the audience. We're almost pranking them But at the same time we're loving them. It's a really weird thing Uh, I read somewhere someone was like this movie is like one big fuck you to Hollywood, but also one big I love you at the same time It's a really weird thing that I I, I don't know. I think I think we uh, because
2: we feel both those things
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: I I guess that yeah, we we're, we're like so mad about like generic movies but then also like love some pretty generic movies, but also, I mean, and like what Hollywood puts out there or whatever. Yeah. The movie is kind of like a love letter to filmmaking at the same time as being like one giant practical joke.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God,
2: we we convinced Dan Radcliffe
3: you know, <laughs> to Potter. be
2: a dead body. Like, yeah, that's funny.
3: I always feel like when I watch these generic movies and I watch a lot of movies and I do like a lot of uh, big Dumb special effects movies actually Mutual Friend Zoe Kazan. Oh yeah. uh Uh Her and I would get into I would she would be like, What did you watch this weekend? and I would have watched some big dumb action movie and she's like, Why are you doing that? (laughs) She would say that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Like what's your favorite this year? Of the big dumb Yeah, big dumb movie this year.
3: Um, what's your favorite? I watch, you know, I watch all the, and I don't think these are big dumb. I watch all the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the best of all it does. Oh yeah. You love that one? That one made me cry.
2: I kind of love, loved Civil War. Like I was surprised. (laughs) I did not expect to love it. Yeah. He's usually Uh, a hater. I I do hate Marvel movies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I, I, one of my things with all action films is like, um, the collateral damage they ignore. You know, like oh the God. like people True. dying, and the entire plot of the film revolves yeah. around civilians dying. And yeah, it's was just like, this movie's for me. I was yeah. like, yeah. I just loved that the entire time they were counting bullets and trying not to kill civilians, yeah. and like freaking out if they even almost hurt. Like totally, you know. When a, I watch a like Stranger,
3: when I watch like Bad Boys or something, and they're rolling down and they overturn a fruit cart, it's just yeah. like a funny thing. But I'm like, that's that guy's whole life. Yeah, no, Family, right? totally. <laughs> or like in that. Speed, <laughs> they like they're crashing those
2: cars, and you're just yeah. like the insurance claims like just like really? hundreds and hundreds of like
3: there should be a movie that's just about like insurance paperwork after oh my God. a big superhero oh battle yeah, <laughs> yeah and just like
2: the heads that roll just at all state that. oh yeah you know? all state, yeah they're like
3: it's worse than earthquake we're having to downsize it's
2: just like all of them like cursing <laughs> Keanu Reeves
3: one tutorial invasion would bring down the insurance like your in, entire infrastructure right yeah, yeah wow
2: the, bureau- the bureaucratic implications of Marvel movies yeah. There's so much, you know, potential there that they only just now began to tap.
1: Aren't they doing a TV show about that kind of, it's called, like, normals? Is that what it's called? Uh-huh, uh, it's about,
3: I think there's one about, like, civilians and, like, a superhero world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah hopefully they, they tap into the you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, I, I wanted to ask you guys, like, okay, so you guys clearly found each other. And uh, that's it's pretty awesome. Obviously, you guys work great together. But I've also been thinking about, I um, have worked with writing partners and... You guys obviously write together. What's that process like? Is there like a, a is there like a division of responsibility? Is there mm-hmm. something like how do you guys keep each other honest, or like what are your how, how do you guys work together? It's a very yeah. vague question.
2: Yeah, it's it's it, I think in order for it to keep working, it has to keep evolving. So like yeah, uh, we've been trying to explain that for Swiss Army Man, but then even while in interviews talking about how we work. Later that day, we like try to break we, those rules because we're like, oh, I'm
1: sick of doing that same thing all the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Says so yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to pin down, but yeah, thing. well,
1: no, the answer we, we we've been saying uh, at these you know these interviews is basically just like whoever's more passionate about something at the time. I recently found out that I um, I have ADHD. I spent my whole life not knowing that because Chinese people don't believe in like mental disabilities, um, and so my whole life I was like pretty terrible at finishing anything like that was just my problem um but whenever I, I was passionate about something my mom would be like okay just go do that thing go do that yeah. thing because at least you're doing something yeah um and uh basically that's kind of the only reason this works is because i am um, like whenever I'm not feeling something, he'll do it. And then whenever he's not feeling something, I'll great. do it. And it's kind of, it's like, I'm uh, his new mom. Exactly. Now, now <laughs> whenever he gets excited about something, go do it.
2: I'm like, oh, Daniel, just thing. go right.
0: You're doing a great
1: Did job. Did you get on medication for it? Can I ask you this? Um, or is this no, no, that's totally fine. I'm still working on it. Like I, I've been trying to schedule a, a, like a, like a, just a preliminary. That's meeting the problem if you have ADHD.
3: Yeah. You can't even get it together enough to go I know. to the appointment. Right. I've been <laughs> reading that on Reddit. A lot of,
1: like, like on, on lo- there's like, you know, there's an ADHD uh, subreddit, and like a lot of people are like, like talking about how they can never actually schedule anything because of their own problem. It just becomes this, like, endless cycle. So you're not
3: on medication for Not yet. No. I don't, yeah. I, don't I mean, I don't
1: and, know what it will do. I'm really curious.
3: Well, that's yeah. what I wanted to ask you because yeah. I. My family has high blood pressure. We all have high blood pressure. Mm. And there's really nothing we can do. Like at some point we have to get on medication and then you're on medication your whole life. Wow. But the medication that they wanted to put me on is beta blockers, which also is used to reduce anxiety. And I was like, mm. well, anxiety is part of my engine and I don't wanna change how I feel, blah, blah, all this stuff. Wow. But I got on the medication and it's been great. <laughs> I realized I don't need to worry about every yeah. single thing. I can just worry about the things that I need to worry about. When, when did you go on the medication? Yeah.
2: Um, it, it actually, like, Has it been long enough to, that you feel like, okay, my career is still intact? Or is it like pretty recent?
3: Well, it was kind of a weird thing I did. Uh, so we did our movie that yeah. our friends always in. Um, called? It's called, right now it's called The Big Sick. Oh, but it might change. Might change. Okay. Um, I'm but, very excited about it. Yeah, I am too. I
1: hope it's good. It's <laughs> hard to know. I, know it's this, so. I mean, this the pitch sounds amazing. The story itself is like
3: really. Again, beautiful. it's like a story mm-hmm. that love or hate only we could have told this story. Of nobody else has told this right,
1: story. Right, because it's, it's your it's it's your a, personal story. And it's story. very specific. Yeah,
3: and it's the way that like I felt when I watched your movie. Hopefully, people will feel like when we they watch our movie is like, oh, they clearly like put themselves into this movie. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So I started taking the medication. Um like a couple of weeks before shooting the movie because I wanted to see how it would make me feel and I was getting very anxious wow. about yeah. the movie. So yeah. through the whole movie, so it's been about three months I've been on this medication now. Mm-hmm. And it works great. I kind of, <laughs> maybe I don't care as much about stuff, but <laughs> I think
1: I'm happier. I mean, that's great. What a, yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's really funny that, that thing that happens when you, uh, <clears throat> when you realize life can be better and then you're like, oh, shoot. Like, I... I I shouldn't go back but maybe I like like I was I was thinking about this recently because now that our movie is done, like I feel like I'm a better person. I'm oh just a better human being in general. Like I, I sleep better. I'm, like, actually working out and eating healthy, and I feel like the people around me, like, I can actually, like, engage with them. Is that them. because it's done or because it's so good? No, 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 just no, feel super <laughs> You're cool. You're no, just, like, it's because, because on your laurels. No, it's because yeah. it's done. No, it's because it's okay. done. Because, yeah. I mean, like, this is, this is I, I think this would happen on, like, small degrees between music videos, but now with the feature, you know, you yeah. spend... You spend Two or three years with this anxiety that you're talking yeah. about, and it really changes you as a human being and the way you interact uh-huh. at, par- at parties, you go to parties and people ask you what, what you're working on, and you don't you don't want to tell them because you've yeah. been working on it for so long. Yeah. You just become this like
3: closed off human being. Uh huh. Um, I know exactly yeah. what you're <laughs> talking about because we're still in that phase. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Le- Are you okay? <laughs> it's gonna be okay. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm gonna take so more medication. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But um, that 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 really is true. I was talking to Emily about this yesterday. When I was younger, I cared about like by younger I mean like early twenties teens. Most of my life, I cared about like two or three things. I cared about my parents. I cared about grades. I cared about video games, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so my when I when I was like in my twenties, home my house was a shambles. It was horrible because like, yeah. I didn't care. And now I was talking to my wife last night. And I was like, I love that I have like a nice clean house that I can like get energy and power from. Yeah. yeah. And, and like being a grown up and like getting all that shit in order does make you happier and allows you to do the things that you want to do more, I think. Yeah, right.
1: I mean, that's, that's been my life every, like, basically, do you think, oh,
2: sorry, you keep, you keep going. Oh no, I just got excited. <laughs> do you think that like, if you'd had an organized house, like as a 20 year old, you would have drawn power from it? Or do you think it's like, it probably like been it just suits you as a 30 year old, like, yeah. You know, like. That's a good question. Cause I've been feeling that, but I can't tell if it's just like me evolving or if it's like, oh man, I I, I would've been better,
3: you know. I think I would've been better. I yeah. will say for, through most of my twenties, I felt like my life was kind of chaos. I was having a <laughs> great time, but I was like going to bed at three, four a.m. I was getting right. up at seven a.m. for my job. I was like not sleeping. Like, Were for- you living in LA or is this? New this York. was in Chicago. Oh,
1: Chicago. That makes yeah. more sense. So I was yeah. doing
3: stand-up comedy at night, staying yeah. out until the bars closed, coming yeah. home, going to work the next day. I didn't, like, get sleep for years and years and years straight. And when I think <laughs> back now, it's like, what a crazy... I don't even know if I was having a good time. I think yeah. I was just having a time, you know, like (laughs) lots of time. I was having a lots of time. I was having so much time. Um, One thing I noticed about your, and I think about this because I was raised very religious Muslim and in Islam, like there's a big like mind body duality and everything the body likes is bad. And everything the soul or the mind oh, likes God, is good. Yeah. And well, so you're, I, you uh, this movie, and also I feel like Turned Down for What? It seems like <laughs> reclaiming the body or like, like the, um, just the, not just sexuality, but just the body, the farting, you know, all that stuff everything, seems to be yeah. a. Uh, I, I love that. I, uh, yeah.
1: I also grew up very, really religious. I yeah. was a, a non denominational, uh, Protestant, but, uh, up until college, I was like pretty hardcore. Um, so yeah, Me that that's, that stuff definitely, uh, all all the all the the shame and the uh, and and the things that you repressed, that, that yeah. kind of like uh, the moment that all went away. Again, it's kind of like you on meds versus you without the meds. Like the moment I was able to let go of all that like anxiety and and guilt, yeah. I was like, oh my god, life is like life is sweet. Yeah, you know? I I can I can I can do things that my body wants to do, or even th- things that my mind wants to do. That like, um, and and not have to like worry about it for the next couple weeks not think about it, not like dwell on it. And that was like a pretty exciting moment. But It was kind
2: of like an unexpected <clears throat> revelation as we were making the film. Uh, yeah. We, we started with just like uh, a farting corpse, like a man riding a farting corpse across the ocean as beautiful music plays. And we we're like, that's a funny way to start a movie. <laughs> uh, and what if, what if we could take that and then make a good movie? And then we didn't know what that good movie would be. And it took us forever to start trying to like dig into the farts themselves for meaning. And be like, well, we can't we can't have, like, a meaningful huh. movie with farts on top. The, the the meaning has to come from the farts. And we were, like, right. searching and digging in there. And it, like, took us, a, like, a couple years before, like, we we realized, like, a lot of our favorite moments all had, like, similar themes. And we kind of, like, zeroed in and defined it as, like, shame keeps us from love. It was what we, like, wrote on the wall. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but then we started realizing, like, oh, wow, that's – I guess that's why – Um, we were drawn to this in the first place. It's because, like, farts, like, make us laugh, but also, like, they, like, we're ashamed of them as filmmakers, as humans, as, like, intelligent adults. Like, you're not (laughs) supposed to, like, talk about them. Uh Um, And I think a lot of it comes from, like, uh, yeah, the the unhealthy parts of the mind-body duality.
3: Totally. And, like, where I'm from, the sexual repression is such a big part of it. And I do think that part of the... Result of the sexual oppression is the, you know, it can come out in sort of bad and violent ways. Totally. It, totally. For me, and I'm still struggling with it, that thing, like, I still, like, f- don't, I don't like farts. Like, they make no. me so <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the fact that I loved your movie, because I never like fart jokes. No. I never like fart jokes. But your movie, because it recasts what farts are, and it's like, it's really pretty special, but I, I still, struggle with that i think i think we're uh we're excited to like move away from from
1: like like you said turn down for what and and um this movie and, and a lot of our other stuff is, is, is full of like strange um celebration of immaturity and celebration of the body and celebration of things that you should be uh, ashamed of and i think uh i think we're pretty excited to move away from that now <laughs> with, with you know just because we've been uh, we've been uh, working on it for so long
2: yeah works. we at least want to like try something else watch it flounder, go down in flames, everybody get mad that it sucks,
3: and then we'll go back and and make some more (laughs) immature shit. But uh, I think what happens is, does this happen to you guys? If there's, like, (laughs) suppose there's, like, it is kind of like therapy. Like, so if there's something that is an issue for you, it bothers you, say it's, um, if it's, like, fear of growing old or something. Mm -hmm. And then you put it into art and you work on it. And for me, sometimes I get sad. Like, if there's something that bothers me and then I write about it and I confront it and I do it I kind of (laughs) miss I kind of miss it bothering me you know what I mean
1: that's uh, I I talked to my therapist about this she always
3: talks about how because
1: she she works with a lot of like artists and, and creators and whatever and she always talks about how like the clients are always afraid of losing their edge or yeah. losing, you know, like <laughs> yeah. they go to therapy and they lose the, the problem that made them so special in the yeah, first place. Sure. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like I'll
2: take happy life, bad art over good art. Good art, life. I would hands down. You would take
3: happy life, bad art? Yeah. Really? We had, we had but fights about this. I'm, on the, the, movie. I'm, I'm the
2: opposite. So yeah. I
1: think, I think that's, we balance each other out. Like wow. I, yeah.
2: Like, I, got, I got real mad sometimes. Like the movie got hard, like too hard. For me at times and I was just like I don't care I don't I don't care enough about the movie to be unhappy it's not worth this wow, okay. and then Dan would be like good art's worth pain sometimes and I'd be like well <laughs> our, our our friendship's in the balance here man really you want <laughs> do you want a good movie because I'm almost out I'm right. almost out you know like yeah, which was yeah. like a and but it's a really I don't know the answer
1: yeah yeah and, and for me like happiness is kind of contingent on good art so it, it, it's a little bit more of a like a Nora Boris kind of swallows itself. Um.
2: Yeah, I mean I, think, I mean, I think
1: the answer is the middle ground, you know? Like, that, yeah. like, you do have to
2: draw a line on both ends, you know? Like, you have to be willing to work real hard and, and, and have some sad nights. But you also, like, have to, like, take tabs on your personal life and make sure, like, <laughs> totally. you're, you're not turning into a monster just to, like, make some movie
3: also, part of it is, I think, that we have, like, romanticized the thing of, like, hurting for your art and all right, that, you right, know? Like, right. I think we've romanticized that a little bit, but... But, like, lately I, uh, lately I, like, see so many of my heroes
2: and they seem sad. Like who? Like, oh, Charlie that. Kaufman just did an interview about being, oh, like, real yeah. sad and thinking yeah. he's a fuck-up. And, like, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, in some ways, that's why his movies are so incredible sure. is because they come from this, like, deep personal place. But, like, oh, man, he hasn't found happiness and... In, in, in this success, yeah. yeah, like he's like he's done such incredible
3: things. But it's also inspiring to see that people. Who, when you look at people who you think you, they have their shit together, they're geniuses, they're amazing, right, and they're like, right. I'm really bad. I'm like, oh, that <laughs> that's, that's something. Cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you know, I'm really bad. So yeah. maybe, yeah. <laughs> I guess being self-deprecating is fine.
2: It's the. It's the, like, people who make great art but are shitheads that scare me. Where, like, I'm trying to, like, collect heroes who I can look up to on and on. Like, their art and their life. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. And then, like, right. sometimes people fall off that list.
1: Yeah. While we, were, while we were writing, so sorry, man, I started reading that book, um, Rebels on the Backlot. It's, like, a, basically an oral... Uh, History of, it's like, like a
2: gossipy history yeah, about um, like '90s movies.
1: Like, oh, that, that sounds awesome. But the yeah. di- specifically, the directors who did a lot of like really like subversive stuff, like tar- within the studio system, yeah, within the studio. So it's like Spike Jones, Tarantino, uh, Fincher, Soderbergh, Soderbergh, um, and they're all just like they're m- all just assholes. Miserables. Are they? And David Miser- O. Russell, David O. Russell, especially. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's all- I mean, it's a gossipy book. Like they're 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 picking the anecdotes that are juicy, you know. But, but like yeah. everybody but Spike Jones apparently, you know, has some pretty embarrassing gossip in this book. Yeah, yeah. So you we know?
1: obviously take it with a grain of salt, but still, it, 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 it is an interesting thing where we, I think we purposely try to fight that as much as possible, almost to the detriment to our work sometimes. Like, we want to make sure the people on our set are are fulfilled and having a good time and, and enjoying each other's collaboration. And, that, like, for us, like, sometimes that, pri- we prioritize that over, like, uh, like, getting the day so, so it's like sometimes even sure. if even if we don't have a, like enough time in the day we'll still do like a fun camp warm-up exercise after lunch to get people you know it's things like that where, where, where that that to us is like um just as important as, as finishing all the shots in the day um right and I, I, I do think some of that actually does show in our work too like when you watch some of our work people say that looks like so much fun to shoot and we're like yeah. it was yeah <laughs> you know and, and i think i think that that is something that um, we're trying out, we're going to see what happens and we'll see if it's success on both ends, you know, if, if we can right. if we can foster a creative, happy environment while also making good work. Do you
2: find that in like the comedy world that like you, you're trying to like aspire to a certain kind of
3: life or like there's pitfalls where you see like people succeeding but not in well, their own eyes? <laughs> my like generation of comedians, it's interesting, before us, the thing of comedians was, you know, these guys who were like big drinkers and drug addicts and, yeah. you know, a lot of, it was like this rock and roll kind of comedian. I heard and, about your crazy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, you, like John Belushi or You're like right. Chris Farley or like all of that stuff, you yeah. know, or uh, Sam Kinison or whatever. There were these like rock and roll truth teller comedians who were like living larger than life lives and all this. So my generation, the people that are my friends, um, we're on like pretty well-adjusted, Happy, nice people who are really funny. Yeah. Um, so, and I think about this a lot where it's like our, like my, like the, the people that I work with, everybody's like nice and not competitive. The hard thing about comedy, especially stand up, is that it can foster a kind of competitiveness. Totally. Yeah. Where it's like, I want to be the best on the show. It's a little natural because you're just on your own doing it. But right. I think. I think for me the biggest thing I've learned in the last ten years of doing this is that what you guys are saying—it's like if everybody feels like they're working on something together, they're gonna feel more. You know, I think the product is gonna be better. Like, um you know, when you're making a movie, when you're shooting your movie, people are bought into different degrees, right? Like for you, this is like your your big shot, and you want to yeah. like birth this movie. Yeah, and then for some people on the set, it's it is going to be just a job. Right. But making everyone feel like they're doing something together as one unit, I think is very important. And I do think it leads to better art. It yeah. seems
2: like that's kind of what like the meltdown tries to be the alternative to like the kind of like the, the giant red velvet, like back, yeah. backdrop, like comedy central special. Yeah. It's just like, it seems like you guys are all hanging out like it's a yeah. community instead of yeah, a
3: totally. And our thing we're doing that show was when we were pitching it to comedy central, we were like, We don't, we have a great live show. We don't need to make this a TV show. And so our thing was, we book who we want to book, and when we book them, we don't ask them what they're gonna do. If there's a (laughs) technical thing they need from us, great. But I don't think Comedy Central has ever done a show. Like, every time I've done a set on TV, you have to like, do a whole like, you know, you have to type out everything you say and they yeah. talk about every single thing and they're like, you're going to say Tylenol here? Can you just say pain medication? That kind of oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> so for us, it was like, that was our big, like, non-negotiable thing. Yeah. And I think that makes the comedians feel protected too, where it's like, That's great. We're, we're getting you because we think you're funny and we trust you. So do, do your thing. Do, yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And so I do like that Meltdown has become sort of this community where people, like, just come and hang out. Too. Um, I watched uh oh yeah Yeah. that's right Uh, that was really really cool um it what's the when does it come out like what is it okay so for
2: those that don't know i think it comes out next week so probably it's probably out right now listener but it's (laughs) uh it's a for those that don't know it's an interactive short film that we made a couple years ago actually before Um, um, yeah yeah uh but it's just now coming out and it's like a uh a love story set in the multiverse, and it's a couple kind of going through a breakup that splits into, like, uh, the maximum number is 16 different versions of the exact same short film. Uh-huh. So it's, it's interactive, and you explore it. And, uh,
1: but it's basically like if you, you did a um, choose-your-own-adventure, but you never actually get a chance to uh, stay in one path you kind of get are overwhelmed by all the options and kind of it's supposed to be like this frustrating, overwhelming experience. Did that happen?
2: Was it frustrating and overwhelming or just like
3: pleasant <laughs> and chill? Or? It wasn't pleasant, but yeah, it yeah. was exciting. And yeah. I really, I did it a couple times. And uh, especially during the montage, like the montage of their history together, yeah, that was really yeah, cool to switch yeah. over and see like the different snapshots. That's of kind their... of our favorite part too. Yeah. We, once we finished it, we we're like, oh, what if we could just... Maybe we
1: should
2: have just made a whole movie that was just, just
1: pleasant. <laughs> it was really no. sweet. No. Nice no, but I, I think you need you need that hard stuff in order to make that pleasant sure. stuff sweeter. So, you know, the context works better that way. Well and um. then
3: there's, there's a couple of things. One, the the dialogue is the same the whole way through, right? It's yeah. just the context and the, the geography is different and the, the delivery the is different. The action and the emotions and, yeah. and how it's done, yeah. I thought that was really fucking awesome. Thank you, yeah. It's like a weird deconstruction
1: of, of like, every breakup that you've ever seen, basically. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's supposed to be kind of this, like, strange, repetitive... Uh, Nightmare, but, you know, hopefully relatable nightmare. Like at an, the end, it starts over. Yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah. 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 All, yeah. like All a nightmare. Like a nightmare.
2: <laughs> <But> also, <laughs> We're really selling it. It's yeah. just going
3: to, like, fuck you up, man. Yeah. No, I, but, uh, <laughs> Enjoy it, listeners. I, I really, really, uh, yeah, it was very affecting. Oh, and cool. uh, I thought that montage was very sweet. But then at the end, the fight starts, and that bummed me out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think in relationships, most good relationships, I feel like you have the same fight. Like a my wife times. and I, we have the same, we we've been having the same fight for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. My, we have two fights.
2: My <laughs> partner and I just had our fight like a couple of nights ago, like just our classic fight. Do you want to okay. share one of your classic fights? I'll well, tell you mine.
3: Well, um, my fight is always, uh, one of the big fights is about something we talked about, uh, work versus family balance. Wow, yeah. And, and, um, for, for a long time, when you, for me, when I first started like, uh, getting work it was very hard to say no so i was taking on a lot of stuff and i didn't have like i didn't take pride in my house i didn't take pride in anything but my work you know and i think you have to like situate yourself and take pride in different aspects of your life and i think finding that um was challenging and it's still a challenge and that's something that we like if if i book something out of town for a week or something then you know we it's just always a conversation as it should be because yeah. the relationship is it's very it's the most important thing
2: right for sure what's yeah, yours that's it's it's a similar one uh it, or that's always part of it but it's uh it's my uh, my girlfriend of 10 years who's basically my wife uh uh is like a very like smart strong-willed young woman uh but like the house duties fall on her when work gets tough so like very specifically yeah. she's like she gets, you know she's like I love cooking dinner like, and she's an incredible cook but like the obligation don't of cooking dinner don't assume I'm
3: just going to cook dinner yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like at a certain point you
2: like start like accidentally domesticating your yeah, significant totally. other and, More, totally. and like every once in a while it goes too far and she's like I am like a housewife lately and you're not noticing and it sucks and yeah. we have to like be like shit okay okay yeah. great I need some chores I need to like take care of Life, I'm gonna cook some dinner. Like, yeah. get, cause, and I, and I always try really hard to be supportive of her career, and I think I'm very good at that. But I forget that, like, you know, saying you're supportive of a career and then neglecting house shit, those are contradictory. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm screwing up her career by, it's like, yeah. It's, Which is like, and it's, and it, and it happened again. And then as it was happening, I was like, no, 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 what last, oh no, I'm saying I'm going to get yeah. better. And I
3: already said, I'm going to get better. Yeah. Like, when am I actually going to get better? Yeah. It's tough because you do find yourself in these patterns. Like for instance, this happened a few months ago. She made me breakfast, gave it to me. And then she was like, at least say thank you. And I was like, oh my oh, God. i oh, that's such a monster. the Monster. But she's totally right. Yeah. You know, the least I can do yeah. is just say thank you. So, yeah. so that was a big, it seems horrible that it was a big decision where I was like, all right, I'm going to say thank you every yeah. time she does something for me. But like, I, I, I sometimes I get uh, reminded of how not callous, but how thoughtless I could be. Like, for instance, for, for Mother's Day. Oh, I sent my no. mom flowers and she cried. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such a bad son. That like doing the smallest gesture like yeah. moves her to tears. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, I am not doing my job right. Yeah.
1: Do we all just live the same life? It just sounds like we're all just like... <laughs> like this, kind of, this goes back to what I was saying though. Like I'm a better human being when I'm not, when I'm not working. When yeah. I'm not working on a film. Like yeah. it's, it's, it, it is really... I mean, and it's one of those weird things where you... you like when we started out doing being directors, we're like, "Oh, we're never going to get personal assistance or anything like that." That's like bullshit. Like, we'll we'll let's we'll just, let's just make things, and that's awesome. But then, like, once you're in the middle of like a film, you you need one, you want one. You're like, "I need someone to go do my laundry. I need someone yeah. to like." Uh, like, I had my, my so my my fiance is also a director. She just um, actually, I wanted to bring this up. She she directed an episode of Adventure Time. She did the stop oh, wow. the stop motion episode. I don't know if you saw it. I haven't um, seen it. But um right when that episode was airing we were uh finishing up post on our film like so we we were like uh finishing the sound mix and so i was going to miss her big screening party and everything like uh, that so i had to get i had to get like our uh our temporary assistant to go like print out like uh-huh. images and and put it in frames and basically make a gift for me so that i could you know and like at, at the time i was like this is insane this is like um I'm outsourcing a, a thoughtful thing to someone else. but You're but, using, you know, but but it's it's still like it's like you'd never imagine you'd get yourself to that point. But then once you're doing it, you're like, this makes sense. And this is the yeah. only way I can do it.
3: <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's really weird. Whatever helps your life. Right. Yeah.
1: Totally. totally. Yeah. And she
2: loved the pictures. She loved Huge them. hit. It was totally great. worth it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. It's, it, it was, uh, I'm just, just going to brag because I really liked them. They're really cute. Um, it's, it's just really classic. Like you, you take a screen grab from the actual film and then you, you take a screen grab of her
3: storyboard and it's kind of stuck them together. Oh, and beautiful. Did, yeah, and That then, sounds cool. Yeah. All right. I think that's the time, right? Wow. Oh, yeah. what a podcast. We what could keep podcast. talking for hours. <laughs> okay, we prepared
2: a musical number for the end of the podcast. Uh, but we're out of time. <laughs> <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> Next podcast. <laughs> right, that is, Thanks, though. Uh, Thanks, guys. Thank you so thank
3: much, you. man. This was great. Yeah, that was fun. This has been yeah. Talk House. If, this okay. has been Talk House.
1: Hey. <laughs> I,
2: we I were talking you, in you. his house.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> talk house. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
0: This is Nick Dawson from Talk House Film, and you've been listening to Kamel Namjani and Daniels on the Talkhouse Film Podcast. This episode was engineered by Derek Olds and edited by Mark Yoshizumi. The Talk House Podcast producer is Elia Einhorn. For more filmmakers talking film and TV, visit thetalkhouse.com film. Subscribe to Talkhouse Film and Talk House Music Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please write and review if you can.